Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to the Music City Roundup. My name is Brandon Still, and myself and Kelly Sutton today are hosting a show that we are going to be raising money for victims of the suicide bombing on 2nd Avenue on Christmas morning. We're going to be collecting money throughout the beginning of the new year. You listen to this, whatever day it might be, please go to Venmo and at Nashville RR is how you are going to be able to donate. If you can go in and donate any bit of money, that money will be going to feed people who've been displaced by this uh, senseless tragedy. And we thank you for joining us and hope that you enjoy this show. Happy New Year. <laughs> Hello, Music City. Welcome to uh, a show of help. Today, is the Music City Roundup, we're transforming the show today into an episode called A Show of Help. We are trying to raise money today to help the people who are affected by the senseless suicide bombing that happened on 2nd Avenue Christmas morning. First off, Welcome to the show. I'm Brandon. This is Kelly Sutton. Kelly, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know what? I'm okay. I'm good. I'm great, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm blessed. I'll say that. Yep. Yep. Same. I mean, you know, it was an incredible holiday break, and and I think a lot of us were really just kind of kind of taking stock of everything that has happened in this year and and giving thanks for all the people that we have in our lives that are healthy and happy and then waking up to that news on Christmas morning I don't think anybody was prepared none of us were prepared for that it was some something that was completely out of the blue and I think that it affects everybody that lives in this area because it really does make you think oh my gosh that's that that's my downtown that's my street that i was just on 2 weeks ago taking pictures that's 2 blocks from where my father-in-law lives that's you know it it has far reaching effects to all the people not not only the ones that were directly impacted by that blast but all of us i think we all were just kind of left reeling and asking a lot of questions i most certainly was i i i told the story on a podcast earlier where i woke up sunday morning or christmas morning and I got up and I have five and seven year old kids. So it's a, it's an event. Yeah. That, you, were that awake came. you were awake. Yeah. Early. Like right at six 30, they actually slept in like the first time we actually opened presents in the daylight was there. And my <laughs> wife said, Hey, there was an explosion downtown. And I was like, eh, you know, things explode like, yeah. you know, cars, I see car fires, you know, things it's an accident. Something <laughs> happened, you know? Okay. And like, you know, we did the presents like 30 minutes later, I kind of looked at the news and I was like, Oh no, this was not like just an accidental thing like this is. And I immediately just, there's like that visceral, there's like a reaction that's like emotional and you feel it. Like you see these, these buildings that you've spent. I mean, I don't know. I've lived here a long time. You spent a lot of time on second Avenue right down there. And the thought that something was going to blow up never entered my mind. So, I mean, it was, it was a, I mean, the rest of the day, the, the, the news was on and we we were following the story for sure. I think it's really strange to think about, you know, 
the the eerie silence that had to be happening on that street at that time. Because like you said, I mean, we know Second Avenue. I remember Second Avenue. We were talking about Graham Central Station and going down to Graham Central and being in those bars. And, you know, I remember watching the renovations that were taking place and new things that were coming in and out. And, and then, you know, when the George Jones museum opened up down there, I was there for that ribbon cutting. I mean, like you've, you've been there. It's a part of the fabric of what Nashville is. It's the oldest street as far as buildings are concerned. You know, we talked, I talked to uh, Betsy Williams. She runs music city suites. Uh, That's the building. It's called the Ray building. It's the one where the melting pot is in the bottom of it and Rodizio's grill. And then she has suites that are above the, we do, uh, they do like Airbnb and they also have laser tag, I think in there. Um, and she talked about the fact that that building was built in 1888. Mm. And, you know, you th- you stop and think about that for a minute. You're like, oh my gosh, that building was a hundred years old in 1988. You know, the fact that it's, it's still standing in its fabric to what we know of historic downtown Nashville. And now it's just, there's nothing left, you know? So looking at those things and, and knowing the history and all of the longevity that's happened along that area and to see it gone in a matter of seconds, it's really kind of devastating. It is. And, you know, I think you, I went the rest of the weekend and I did some reflecting and I looked back and I kind of thought, we learned more information. You, know, you got three days later. And I said this at the beginning of my podcast today. I interviewed um, Demetrius Kelly, who's the managing partner for both The Melting Pot as well as Rodizio Grill. He's been there since 2001. I mean, he's been there a long time. And yeah. He's certainly spent a lot of time there. But I felt different about it. I talked for a few minutes before the the podcast started just about how I felt. I felt initial angry. I was sad. But then the fact that nobody died... Like that nobody died and I'm not going to funerals this week. Like the new year 2021 is not starting with me going to funerals with a bunch of my restaurant friends, burying people we worked with for a long time because of this. All of a sudden, I kind of felt this weird gratitude, like this weird, like it's, it's a different thing. I'm sad for the city and everything that happened, but I also felt really glad that nobody died and that I have all the memories of my whole life on second Avenue that nobody can take from me. All those nights, all those wonderful times as a teenager cruising. You know, when I was a kid, we used to go cruising. Did you ever, were you, did you live here when people cruised? No, I don't think so. I I came later, like my first year here, I moved here in 2001. So it was significantly later. Um, But I cruised in Madison, Indiana, which was much different scene, but I can't imagine that would have been like the strip second Avenue in downtown Nashville would have been like where, where you slowed down and rolled down the windows or put the top down. Like that's the cool strip, right? I bought a Jeep, like a, like a CJ five. Now I'm six foot six, a CJ five was <laughs> in my chest. Like I used to like watch the weather every single week so that I knew to take the top down. So yeah. we would you go drive down Broadway. Broadway wasn't Broadway was not the place. Right. You know, uh, what was that? Twenty five years ago. <laughs> uh Broadway was not the place. You would drive down Broadway and you'd make a left on Second Avenue. And when you made that left on Second Avenue, that's when it began. That's when like the cruising and it was just walled bumper to bumper cars, and that's the, how you wanted it. Yeah. And you just would just What's up? You had the two finger wave. What's up? What's up? How you guys doing? You know, and you would 
that I was the coolest person we, you know in the world. We would park the car, we'd smoke cigarettes, and I was like, I'm smoking a cigarette on the side of the street, and I'm 16. Look at me. I thought I was so cool. And you know, all those little just you know, people that on the corner there, like where Hooters was, like you just wave, like all those times. I just think about those memories and I just kind of smile and I go, I got those. Those are those yeah. are in here forever. Yeah. And nobody can take those. And I hope that if people are listening or they're out there. Mm that they have those memories and they can cherish those memories and it doesn't make it more sad. Yeah. That, that, you know, like. I agree. I mean, the, the interesting thing is, and this is so strange. I mean, we, um, we have a, a place that's downtown that's not far from where that explosion happened. And so we got an email that morning <clears throat> that just said, we're aware of something happening in printer's alley. And I was like, well, okay, that, that could be a multitude of things that could be, you know, like you said, it could be anything. Um, <clears throat> and then when we found out exactly what had happened, I, that whole area was closed off and shut down. And the craziest part about it is I swear to you, it was, it was maybe, I guess, three weeks time. Now um, I was downtown for something and my husband was with me and, and I had to do a quick, little photo shoot for some things. And I said, let's just do it on second Avenue. So I have a multitude a folder of pictures that we took along second Avenue three weeks ago. And, it, and I specifically wow. said, I want to do it because it looks so pretty. They, you know, they had all the Christmas decorations up. We went into Butler's run, which strangely enough, I had never paid any attention to. I don't know if you're familiar or not. It was that little alcove. That yeah. Yeah. Between, and there was a statue of a dog that was right there and it was named Butler's Run because one of the owners of the building that was that lived above had a dog his name was Butler and he would come down and he would go around that little alley that was like his spot and so I'm reading about the history of this little alcove and we're taking pictures in it and you know my husband looked and he said man how have we never even seen this little corner and I was like I don't know I guess we're just not down here enough and so it was just this moment three weeks ago where we really kind of took some appreciation of how beautiful those older buildings are and the character that they had and what they looked like. And I'm just really, really thankful. I, I feel like that was, you know, that was meant to be, that was absolutely meant to be that I've got like some fantastic pictures and some really good memories. I, I have a multitude of memories. Some of them a little hazy. For a little <laughs> there. There's a lot of fun that was had on second Avenue, but that in particular, just, just, because I was taking the time and looking at the history of it and paying attention to what some of the plaques say. And then I had a, a very good friend, Buddy, who lived above um, Silver Dollar Saloon, that whole area, which is next to where the Hard Rock Cafe is. He lived up there for 15 years. And um, I remember going up and he told me the history of what it was like up there. And he had all of this really great memorabilia that he had stored up there. And my mind immediately started racing. I thought, oh my gosh, buddy, and all of his things. I mean, when I tell you memorabilia, he had the original set from Hee Haw. He had wow. like uh, he had a pool table that Fats Domino owned at one point. Like he had owned one of the Music Valley, um, Music Valley uh, places where you could go, and it was like you know kind of not a wax museum, but kind of like that at one point. And when the flood hit in 2010, he pulled everything out and it was all stored above all of those buildings on second Avenue. 
But thankfully, I found out Buddy's okay. He moved and all of that stuff was gone. So that oh. wasn't a part. But, you know, I mean, you just stuff like that. You start to think and you're like, gosh, what what pieces of history are gone that we will never get back? And that's a little sad. But I know the reason that we're, really, we're talking about it today is because so many of our friends and people that we love and that we cherish work and their livelihood is a part of that area, Second Avenue, and even directly around Second Avenue, you know, like our friend Trey, who's just a little bit further up uh, with Black Rabbit. And I know he's going to jump on and talk to us in a little bit. How can we help them? And, you know, you were the one, Brandon, you said, let's do, let's do this and let's do a fundraiser and let's help feed the people that are without income right now. Let's help the restaurant owners that are not seeing people walk through their doors because they're in that radius. And frankly, they can't even really open their doors at this point. So how do we do all of that? And I think today's show coming up with that, that was pretty brilliant. Well, thank you. I, you know what? It was really stemming from my conversation with Demetrius where that morning, he said he got like 50 different text messages. Just, are you okay? How are the restaurants, you know, from Rodizio and Melting Pot? And he said, you know, once we identified there's one person we didn't know who comes in the restaurant, even on holidays, and like does cleaning stuff, like projects, like early in the morning on the weekends. He was once I identified that he was safe, that he wasn't there, decided not to come in on Christmas morning. Once we identified that he was safe, um, my my immediate immediate need went to we have 190 employees because mm. i immediately started thinking what are we going to do these people who work in restaurants are the hardest working people they're on the front lines they're serving all of the people that come in they're putting themselves at risk to create experiences for everybody they've been through one hell of a year and then here we go christmas morning they've probably scrapped everything they can to get through mm -hmm. christmas morning knowing that they're going to go through New Year's, they're going to have a big week coming up, and yeah. they can they can hustle and make it happen because that's what the industry people do is we hustle. And to have all of their jobs lost the last week of 2020, I just thought, you know what, we got to do something. I don't know what we're going to do, but let's do something. Let's get everybody together. Let's do a show. Let's talk about Second Avenue. Let's reminisce, but let's see what we can't raise. And we've got a Venmo set up. So if you're out there right now, you can see on the screen at Nashville RR is how you can Venmo. If you can go to Venmo right now, I don't care if you have a dime, a quarter, 50 cents, a dollar, five dollars, a thousand dollars, whatever you have would be absolutely amazing to help out with. We just would love to, um, we'd love to, what we're going to do is how we're going to use that money. Right now, restaurants are reeling. Right now, restaurants are, are really on the edge. I think a bunch of restaurants are going to close. And now with the downtown Fear Factor, plus restaurants like you mentioned, Trey, at the Black Rabbit, you yeah. know, the doors are blown off. The, the his, his front door is blown off in half. And he can't, they just got in the restaurant yesterday for the first time. He'll tell the story a little bit later, but he can't open for New Year's Eve. Like we need to go to the farmhouse and we need to open a tab for a couple thousand dollars. We need to support him and send all of the people who right now are food insecure based on this bombing. Let's send them in there and go get some food. So let's support the restaurants and let's support the people that need it right now. So every dollar that you get, this is going to go directly towards supporting restaurants and supporting people who have been affected by this uh, senseless tragedy. I agree. I think it's brilliant. Um, I know that 
later in the show, we're going to share a conversation that I had with a friend of mine, Buck McCoy. If anybody was watching Facebook that morning, I think a lot of us, I mean, you know, we were tuned to the TV, but you're also looking on your phone, trying to figure out if you have any other information. And the first um, pictures, the first live video that came out, that was Buck. He was in the building. He lived directly above the old spaghetti factory. And he was still in the building when it exploded. The fact that he's here and alive is a miracle. I mean, truly a miracle. When you see what's left of that building and the fact that he's okay and walked away with a few cuts and bruises, it's amazing. But uh, I had a chance to sit down and talk to him. And I know we're going to show that video coming up as well. You know, that's the other thing. It's not just it's not just our friends in the restaurant industry, which certainly that's near and dear to our hearts. But we have all these other people that, you know, that was their home. They were living in those lofts and condos, or that was their livelihood. I know, you know, Betsy Williams that runs Music City Suites started a Venmo and uh, GoFundMe for the custodial staff. I mean, it's so far reaching. It's it's so much more than just people losing their homes or businesses. It's all of the people that are involved, 190 people working. I mean, I had no idea there were that many people that worked there, you know? So yeah, this is a lot. the time that everybody's going to come together and, and rally around the city. I know Marcus Lamonis is in town and we were trying desperately to get in touch with him because we wanted to talk to him. He started, uh, there's like a 30 day window right now for any business owners that need a loan. It's a, it's a, you know, you don't have to pay the loan back. He said, no red tape. You can just sign up for it. It's super easy. Marcus is of course behind camping world. And he also has that new show on CNBC that's uh, called the Profit. profit. Oh, I love it. And he was just here doing, I think it's, what is it? Street of dreams is the name of the new show. And so he just shot in Nashville last year around this time for that show. And it just came out. And I just, you know, hats off to him for coming forward and saying, hey, I've got $500,000 worth of loans that people can use right now. No red tape. Tell me what you need. Let's get it together. So he's in town right now. And I know we've got that information. We can hopefully, I'll, I'll send it over to you and we can put it on the bottom of the screen for anybody interested. I would like to make an announcement. Yeah. Jason okay. and Candace Ellis um, of Super Source fame. Yes. Have, have led this thing off the $100 donation. Thank you. That's amazing. We are on the board, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Jason and Candace Ellis, thank you. Thank you so much. You know what? The, I was thinking about him yesterday and Supersource and just what they've done for yeah. the show. And of all the people that I work with and all the vendors, like he's still, I told him that I said, dude, you are going to run this entire city because I've, you do everything the right. You're like the most honest, like best dude I know. And I love everything you're doing. And I go, you just keep doing what you're doing. Your, your ceiling is like way, way high. Like the, you're, you're, you're going to own this town, man. And uh, he really is uh super source is, is like the greatest. Uh, they're, do, they're doing amazing things and they are, they, they chopped it off. So hundred bucks. Um, Thank you guys. To help That's out. Awesome. That is awesome. Hey, I just got a text from our friend Dina. She told me that the Marcus Lemonis episode of Street of Dreams airs next Tuesday. So the Nashville episode airs next week. Nice. Which, I mean, the timing, holy cow, the timing of that. Can you even? So hats off to him. He is one of my new favorites. You have been a big fan for a long time. Yes. I, I know of him, but I just didn't, I wasn't as 
in tune with all of the things that he's done. And when I mentioned his name yesterday, you were really, you were like having a fanboy moment and I loved it. <laughs> you said, I love him. He's great. So Marcus, if you're listening, uh, come on in. You can come join the show. We'd love to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. You can go to the Facebook page, Marcus, and you oh, like can that. jump on Dina. You can jump on. And you know, Dina, that's a good segue because our first guest comes on in 10 minutes. Yes. And he, I don't know if many people know who this guy is. Uh, <laughs> Are you kidding me? He, he's like the poster child for Nashville. If you don't know Butch like Student, the, you've not been here more than 10 minutes. He's I like the he reason. Like, he's at the airport greeting people as they come in. He's like, well, welcome <laughs> to Nashville. <laughs> That's Butch. <laughs> We're going to be talking to Butch Spearden in 10 minutes. And he is the president of the... I can never say it correctly. Can you say it? What, what the Nashville... Convention Visitors Bureau, is that it? The Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation, I believe, is now what it is. But it used to be NCD, I think it's now it's the Nashville Visitors Convention. Or no, Nashville Convention See? Visitors mm -hmm. Corporation. <laughs> now you've got me screwed up. There's a neat acronym that they have, uh, like the NVCBC. Yes. <laughs> Visit. You can find everything you know at visitmusiccity.com. There you go. That's the they they, they shortened it. They're like visit music city. Visit musiccity.com. That's the easiest way for sure. But if there's a reason for pretty much any and everything that happens in Nashville, it's because of this guy. Oh yeah. Right? For, for sure. He is um he's one of my favorite people because he has a pulse on everything that's happening in Nashville. He's the reason he and Dina and so many others that work there at the city have been the reason that the city has seen exponential growth in the last few years. I mean, I will say that and I will, that, oh, that yeah. is a word that I will stand by for sure. I mean, there's, there's been so many incredible things that have happened and so many opportunities that have come Nashville's way that had, they not jumped on like Nashville, you know, the show, if that hadn't come to fruition, I truly do not believe we would be in the limelight the way that we are. We wouldn't be the it city right now because people didn't realize what a, a hidden gem Nashville was. And, you know, Butch and Dina and the rest of the crew over there and Bonna and everybody, they've, they've worked very hard Heather. to and Heather. Yes. They've worked so hard to make sure that people, can see what Nashville has to offer, but then also keep the charm of what our city is because that's the heart and soul of it. And I think that that's, what's been so heartbreaking about this entire situation is part of our charm is that we have this amazing historic second Avenue. And, you know, the fact that somebody could come in and damage that, that, that cuts to the core. Um, but it's more than bricks. It's more than buildings, you know, our city's our people. And so I, I truly believe that that's what we'll see rise to the top and we'll, we'll see second Avenue come back. It'll come back bigger and better. It's going to take a while, but it'll be back. Well, you know, I'm excited to talk to Butch because I mean, if, if you, if you don't know who he, like the new year's Eve note drop, that's them. Um, July 4th, you want to do something big and that, that we have the, the biggest fire show. That's them. Like getting the NFL here. Yep. Um, the NHL all-star, like all that stuff. They yep. are soccer. right in the middle. Yep. Soccer. Making bet at soccer. All of it. Uh, so I'm real curious to hear kind of his outlook. And, you know, and I, I just, they announced the Music City Bowl was going to be canceled. Uh, I think Missouri bowed mm -hmm. out because they had too many. And I just like, my heart just sank. 
I mean, I'm, I just feel for them. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But in the light of everything else that had happened, um, that was probably a blessing in disguise. I just don't know that anyone, nobody feels like being excited and happy right now after that. And it, I don't, maybe I'm just, you know, projecting my own feelings on everybody else, but I just don't feel like I would want to be excited and, and happy and running around at that time. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's it's our city, and so we feel it differently. I'm sure the fans from Missouri would have loved to have been here, and and we would have loved to have had those dollars pumped into the economy for sure. So that's a blow. But I, I wonder if that was kind of a blessing in disguise, maybe. Well, we'll ask him. I mean, that's one of those things I'd love to hear his take on that and kind of I would love to get a report as to what we can look forward to. Kind of what are his plans for 2021? I want to keep it positive. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was the meme that I saw that was hysterical? It said, okay, 2021, everybody be quiet, walk in, sit down, and don't touch anything. Like, just just let it happen. Put your blinders on. Don't talk about how this is going to be your year. Don't talk about how you're going to have all your resolutions. Just be quiet. Let's just let 2020 go. And 2021 come in and just nothing. So I'm kind of, I'm trying to live that life. This is the first uh, New Year's Eve in five or six years that I haven't been a part of the note drop because they're not going to be doing the things. I know it's devastating. And Brandon, I have to tell you, this is something and (laughs) Butch will probably be like, shut up, Kelly, don't tell people that. But um, when we would do the note drop, one of the things that Stormy Warren and I did each and every year, we would climb to the top of the tower. So we would go all the way to the top of the tower where the note was and take a picture over the sea of people that you could see. Um, and we've done that every year. Every year that we've hosted it together, we've climbed the tower and taken a picture. So yeah, I know. That is so cool. I wanna see those pictures. They're incredible. I mean, you know, and last year, whoa, we had a, and and Butch can confirm the numbers. It was a big crowd last year. It was an incredible, incredible crowd last year. And Stevie Nicks was on stage. Yeah. With Keith Urban. I mean, we were like, 2020 is going to be amazing. <laughs> it wasn't, but that's okay. It wasn't because of, it wasn't because we didn't bring it in right, man. It was, that was quite the celebration and it was an incredible show. So here I go again, being the eternal optimist. Okay. Right. So you saw the name. It's like when 2021 gets here, just shut up. Yes. We're not talking. Just right. go in. My wife's yep. already said, I'm you're supposed to open the door at midnight and let all the bad juju out and let all this fresh juju in. Okay. She's reading black eyed peas. I'm lighting sage. We're dancing in circles. We're just gonna do all of the rituals I, to start the new year, right? Can I just tell you? I just I have a shipped order that's coming to me, and I asked the girl to get me black eyed peas, and they're out. Like oh, about I, that. they're gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be on a mad hunt. I just need a like a cup full of black eyed peas. Like I'm with you. Okay, so here's another weird tradition, and I I have to confirm this with somebody. Anybody that's listening, please tell me if my grandmother was crazy and trying to kill my family, or if it was a legit thing. She used to boil cabbage on New Year's Day, and there was a dime in it. There was a like a dime, a silver dime, and she would put it in the cabbage and boil it. And then when you're eating that day, whoever gets the dime, it's like 
that's your luck for the new year. Kind of like the baby in the, you know, Mardi Gras cake or whatever in a king cake. And I've said this to people okay. and they were like, I've never heard that. And now I'm thinking, did my grandma, was she trying to poison us? What? <laughs> Why was there money in our cabbage? What was that about? I don't know a, if that's real or not. If it's real and you've heard that, please confirm with me so I don't feel so bad. <laughs> please yeah. do that. If you're watching right now, yeah. we'd love to hear your new year. We, let, let's start a trend. Let's start talking new about it. First of all, go to Venmo at, at Nashville um, RR. And please donate whatever you possibly can. This money is going to go towards, um, it's going to go towards the uh, people who are um, displaced right now because of the. I've got four people messaging me, uh, displaced right now because of the bombing. We want to help them as best we possibly can. But also, put your New Year's whatever good things you could do to ring the ears in. Please comment. Let us know that you're watching. Comment and tell us your New Year's Eve traditions. Uh, we'd like to talk about those. But right now. We're going to go. Let's bring in our first guest. Okay, let's do it. Hi. There he is. I see him. There he is. Hello. We're going to bring Mr. Butch Speard in. Hi, buddy. Hello, sir. Hi, it makes me look around. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? How are you? Oh, I don't know that you should ask me what I'm doing. Or how uh, I'm doing. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. First of all, you're you're well. Everybody's good. Sunny's good. Everybody's fine at home. Yeah, very, very fortunate that we've gotten this far in this mess, and we're still upright. We're still employed, and uh, still optimistic. Uh, I like that. Well, like optimistic part's getting a little thin. I will say, <laughs> I still have it. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. So, what are what are we looking for, Butch? Let's jump right in. And, and before wait, we start, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Yeah. Put in the chat. Yeah. From my perspective, we put a dime in black eyed peas. You did? Oh, so good. Okay. Every year. Well, my grandma wasn't crazy then. Thank you. Not completely. But not everybody likes cabbage. More people like black eyed peas. Okay. Fat back in it. So. I feel so much better. I feel so much better about my situation. Now um, you can ask me whatever. Okay. Do, well, let's just go there. Do you have any New Year's Eve traditions, things you eat, anything that's like a a superstition that you do at the end of the year? Um, well, Dina and I have been uh, closely aligned for the last 11 years on New Year's Eve. So any traditions have gone the way of bundle up, try to stay dry and warm. And we do make our caterer, the crew catering guy, do fried catfish because that's like, you know, the only good thing to eat we've had for three or four days. So yep, yep. maybe that's become the tradition. That is true. That is true. So looking forward, what what is New Year's going to look like this year, Butch? I know it's different. Man, I, I can't even fathom like the scramble that's happening behind the scenes right now. Right. You know, you were... We were hopeful in July that we could produce a real New Year's Eve event. I know. Nashville's never needed it more. Uh, a few months ago, we knew big event wasn't going to be an option. So we were working on, and we are producing a TV show with Channel 5, a 90-minute mm -hmm. special. It's got some highlights from prior years. You'll get to hear and see Chris Stapleton and Kings of Leon, Phil mm -hmm. Vassar, and uh, Keith Urban, and then we have Moon Taxi, mm -hmm. and 
the Shandell oh, performing live in the show to make sure, you know, or didn't feel right to not have live, live music. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just talking. We had kept it very quiet. We were going to do a short fireworks show unannounced. Uh, and we were, and I apologize for even using the words, we had built some five-foot numbers, and we were going to take them out at midnight as well. But uh, we've killed the uh, fireworks, and we've killed the numbers. So mm. It's just a TV special now. Not just. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. It'll be a good show. Yeah. I know. I know. It's just, it's not the same. I, I understand that. Um, but I totally understand. It's a different tone. You know, everything is going to be a different tone right now. Yeah. We were just talking about Music City Bowl and, and that not happening. Was that kind of a blessing in disguise, maybe? Uh, probably at this point. Yeah. Although, again, Dan and I were walking downtown and we saw a guy with a Mizzou football jersey on. And we said, they didn't need the game. They came in. <laughs> you know, some of their students, I'm sure, just said, we're going to the bowl. And then when they, they said, we don't care. We were really going to Nashville. Right. That's the kind of visitor. That's the kind of fans we have. They love the city. Right. And so it, the real sign there is it's encouraging about our recovery. Absolutely. Have you have you had an opportunity to go down to Second Avenue and see any of the um, extent of the damage? Uh, I did get police to escort me to Second and Commerce. I couldn't go on Second, and I just I made the request after a few days. That first, out of respect, I didn't want to ask, but then we were answering enough calls, especially from the media, but just to have a sense to put your eyes on it and. I, I did do that yesterday, and uh, my heart sank, and there was a lump in my throat. It is a very sad scene. I, I can't even fathom looking at it up close. I mean, we've seen the pictures, and we've seen the video. We've seen the footage. What, to you, was the thing that, that you focused in on? Was there, there one spot that you looked at and you're like, man, that, that's what really got you. Uh, the first few buildings from gay street down toward, uh, toward bra, mm-hmm. uh, the condition they're in, it's not pretty. And the thought is those are 130, 140 year old buildings. Yeah. And you don't replace that. Uh, so I, I don't know what the uh, structural engineers have said yet, but it, there's no way it's good. You know, the the thing is, Butch, gosh, we've been through the flood. We've been through the tornado. We've been through a pandemic. Uh, now this. What has it been like in your office as far as outside show of support? Because that's the one thing that seems to happen every time that we go through a crisis we have so many people that love our city and so many people that love on our people. What has that been like? And, and what have you been hearing from other cities, other places? I uh, have had a tremendous response from peers around the country, uh, reaching out to check in. Uh, a couple made donations on our website. So we're, we're raising some money also to, uh, Good. to go to victims, you know, directly to individuals. Um, 
And you hit the nail on the head. Our our visitors love our city as much as we do. And they have made donations online. I think we've had over $10,000 from, you know, people out of town just mm -hmm. go in and, and make a donation. Some as small as $5. And that means as much to me as, you know, $1,000 or $10,000. You know, if they're giving up $5, they probably don't have $5 to, uh, to right. spare. But there is a definite love affair with our clients and our visitors. Um, and they've been there from the flood. They were there with the tornado with us. Um, I Back during the tornado and COVID, I was listening to sports talk. And the head of uh, the, uh, I guess the community resource center mm -hmm. said, don't get mad at our visitors. She talked about the amount of product and money that they had donated for the tornado response. She goes, these people love our city. Be very nice to them. And I thought that's the validation that means more than anything. You know, I hear the complaints. They're loud or they're, you know, they're in the way or yeah, yeah, there's some inconvenience that comes with it. But these people love our city, care for our city and do give back. Yeah. Every, you know, I've always wondered about that. You know, I've, I, every time I go downtown, I see people on a party bus that the transportainment industry, they're having a blast. Like there's, there's not a lot more people that have that much fun that you can visibly see them having. And when it, you, you oh, people always ask like, when it rains, what do they do? And I'm like, they get even crazier. They don't care. And I, and I, it's, it's almost like they're pouring gasoline on the fire when it rains and they're out there and they're getting wet. Like, yes, this the woo woo girls go nuts. But I always thought it was interesting. The people who live in Franklin, like, oh, I hate the people. I'm like, you you don't go down there. How do you not like them? They're they're injecting all of this commerce and they're they're coming to our city and making memories that are going to last a lifetime. Like that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like you, embrace that. It's a that's the best. To, to your point, uh visitors spend seven and a half billion dollars in Davidson County. We're a third of the visitor spending in the entire state. So, yeah, Williamson County and Wilson County and Sumner, they get some direct benefit, but they get the indirect of one of the reasons we don't have a property tax or uh, income tax. Mm -hmm. And it's why our taxes are as low as they are, because we're an attractive destination that we use the term, we import sales tax instead of having to put it all on the backs of locals. So there's a direct benefit that is very significant. Well, let's let's get out your crystal ball and let's anticipate these vaccines. I think Joe Biden said 100 million vaccinations in the first 100 days. Let's say we, we, we the, the landscape changes. What do we have in store in Nashville for 2021? Well, I am, uh, I said at the outset, I'm, I'm an optimist by trade. Uh, I feel pretty good about our recovery opportunities. Uh, it starts with uh, the Frist Art Museum has a Picasso exhibit coming in February. It is the only stop in the United States. So it is a rare world-class exhibit. That is gonna help us in terms of our recovery and the PR about what's going on in Nashville. Um, then we'll work our way marketing-wise. We've still got some conventions 
hanging on to May and June. Hopefully June's a decent month. Uh, if I have my way, we will have the largest July 4th celebration we have ever had. <laughs> like hell yeah. We'll welcome the Music City Grand Prix in August. So we've got some big things and some great opportunities ahead on top of new restaurants, new hotels, and uh, the National Museum of African-American Music. Yeah. Broadway. Man, that whole Fifth Broadway butch looks incredible. I was down there a couple weeks ago, just kind of, you know, peeking around the corners and looking at everything. That's going to be amazing once that opens. It should be and can be a world-class attraction for us. And it's the, I want to say, the last jewel in the Music City crown that the city wears so proudly that we can kind of completely round out our our offerings, you know, we do pretty good on country music, obviously, Americana, songwriters, musicians, uh, and now we we tip our hat to the African American uh, music industry, and I think that's pretty special for Nashville. It really is. So my question, Butch, you know, we're trying to help all the people that have been affected, especially the people in the restaurant industry. We know, you know, man, that that's a that is a hard blow and it came in very quickly for all the people that are at Melting Pot and Rodizio's and all of the other places that are along 2nd Avenue. What are some of the other things that um, people that have been affected? I know we talked, Marcus Lemonis is here and he's offering, you know, some loans for business owners. What are other places people can go if, if they're looking for help, either long-term or short-term? Where would you point um, Certainly immediate help. The Red Cross has been great already providing housing, providing uh, items that people would need. Uh, United Way is launching a okay. fundraising campaign and an initiative. I actually got that email this morning. The Community Foundation is mm -hmm. raising some money and probably on a larger scale for long-term recovery. And then on our website, you know, we have raised $160,000. Some of that may go toward a reward but the large um, majority of it will go directly to employees or residences that have been either put out of work or put out of their home. And we, we feel very, very strongly about helping the individuals that are usually last to get assistance. So that's our Absolutely. focus. Absolutely. You know what? Um, I hope that in the future you don't have any more crises because you've been through them all. <laughs> I have to say at this point, there's really little that you could never handle. I think you guys have, have set the bar. You've been through it all. My resume uh, is pretty complete. Uh, my <laughs> takeaway this time is I will never utter the words. What else could there be? We could never ever say that friend i am just so thankful that you're well and everybody is well and and thank you for all that you do for our city because you you really have you're one of the biggest reasons that nashville is what it is today you're kind it takes it does take a village to do a lot of this this stuff we do uh, so we're fortunate and this is a great town and let me flip the script and thank y'all for what you're trying to do right now uh these individuals need help. You wouldn't have thought about it, but I was emailing with the district manager for Spaghetti Factory. They have 35 employees. I would never have thought they had that many. So it's those are the people that are going to need to help them. Those are the people that we'll be reaching out to. Absolutely. 
thank you for all that you do and um appreciate you coming on the show today and giving us a peek into what you've been through and uh what we're what we have to look forward to and i think that we can all be bullish on nashville like what's going to be happening in the future it looks like we've got some great opportunities i'm really excited about that picasso exhibit and the grand prix soccer we got hockey in two weeks we got hockey again i mean the predators like i am so i've missed hockey I neglected NASCAR Cup race in June oh, yes. out at the Super Speedway. So we do have a lot to be thankful for and look forward to that are going to boost us back up and get us back on our feet. Good. You can knock us down, but you can't keep us down. That's Amen. Right. Hey, we're going to climb the tower in 2022. <laughs> For the note drop, you're going up. We're gonna we're gonna climb it with us. We're gonna watch that happen next next New Year's Eve. It's a date. I'll be there. <laughs> thank thank you, you so much, Butch. Well, thank y'all very much. All right, Butch Spirited. I love that man. He's so great. Wow. Yeah, I know um, it's crazy. It, but you do look at the overall landscape of what's to come, and it does make you very thankful and and hopeful that we have leadership in the nashville convention and visitors corporation doing yeah, good this job the way thank you you nailed that thank you <laughs> very good thank you yeah uh so that, thanks again to dina ivy for helping get uh mr butch spearden on the podcast today and if you are watching out there we would love your help we need your help right now um if you would go to venmo and Venmo, I said, Nashville RR, we are raising money. We need any dollar that you can possibly spare. If it's a dime, it's a nickel, whatever it is, go in there. Dollar, five dollars. Like Butch said, hey, even the five dollar ones mean as much as, as any other one. Um, we do have a thousand dollar donation. All right. Thousand dollar donation. Oh. Wow. Guys, uh, it is an anonymous. Wow. So we don't know who out there um, did that, but that's. um, Thank you. That's ridiculous. Wow. Like I. That's amazing. I don't even know what to say. I'm. um, That's very cool. Shocked. I mean, that, that, that can feed a lot of people. It can help a lot of people right there. Well, and I just, you know, I. I was talking to some friends earlier and I, you know, told them, I said, Hey, make sure you you join us. We're going to be live today and it's going to be a different feeling for the show. And this is what we're trying to do. And when I mentioned what you had thought about in opening tabs at some of the restaurants that are very close to where this happened, that those restaurants are not going to have people coming through their doors because of their proximity to where this bomb blast happened. And then you have the people that worked at the restaurants, which are no longer there and they don't have income or really probably, you know, they've got to be worried about like what their food situation looks like. And if you combine those two things by opening tabs at those restaurants and allowing those people to go eat, that's a win-win. So I I truly hats off to you for coming up with that idea, because I think that's really, really brilliant. Well, you know what we've, we had a bombing and it's affected a lot of people. Like I said, we've, we've been through the ringer this year. I mean, 2020, this is a, I say a nice cherry on top to a really bad year, but like the, uh we the the meme i was going to talk about before was 
you mentioned yours was that somebody said, you know, maybe 2020 is the year we, we needed, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked to so many business owners who have had to sit down and look in a mirror. We've had a civil rights movement. We've had so many things this year that have forced people to reconnect. Right. I've reconnected with so many friends I haven't talked to in years because I was home alone and I was just checking on people and through social media and just all of the positive things, the strength that we've all had to, like, not, there's nothing in the future that I can say, oh, I can't handle this. Like, no, we can. We are resilient as hell and we made it through this year. I mean, we're we're there. We're going to do this thing. Like maybe it's the year that we needed. Maybe it's the gut check that we all needed to go, hey, yeah, I'm 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 kind of a badass. I can do this. Yeah. And um, you know, maybe that's maybe that maybe it is a positive thing going into 2021. Like, I'm not gonna say what Bush like, what else could happen? Like, I'm not gonna go there. Don't I'm not even that. gonna say bring it. I'm ready. I'm just gonna say <laughs> I'm uh, you can yeah. prepare. <laughs> I'll stop talking. Well, and you know, honestly, I look at the people that I mean, we're looking at it and I think that it it hit me in a way that um, kind of made me think, oh my gosh, you know, that if this could happen there, it could happen any place. And I think that really kind of rocked my world for a minute. Like the, that's that to me was just a, you know, super safe place in my head. You know, I, I've never, ever felt unsafe when I've been downtown Maybe naively, I don't know, but I, I've never felt unsafe when I'm downtown. I've never, walked down never. there by myself all the time, all the time, which probably isn't brilliant. But you know, truly, when I see something like that, then it, it kind of it, it makes you really start to second guess a lot of things. But then when I talk to people that were directly impacted by this, and I mean, Buck McCoy, my friend, was asleep in his bed. And he lived above the old spaghetti factory and that woke him up. This bomb blast woke him up. When I talk to people like that, I'm like, okay, I have no reason to be feeling. I mean, I guess I do still have those feelings, but I have no reason to be sad or sorrowful when I see somebody like him and know that he's as resilient and as strong as he is to live through something like this and come out on the other side. It's pretty incredible. You know, I think that's a great segue to hear his story. Um, you had an opportunity to sit down with Buck and kind of talk to him about his whole experience. He was the first video that you really saw out there on the news. Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump into that video, but I'll remind the people who are watching right now that uh, if you go to Venmo at Nashville RR, you can uh, make a donation. We are feeding people who've been displaced uh, from this tragedy, not just restaurant people, like all people. If you're, if you live there, if you work there, if you worked at Laser Quest, you're good. If you need help, obviously, when we open up these tabs at these restaurants, you are welcome to go. We want to support you. We are um, the Nashville Strong thing. Really, isn't just a hashtag. You know, I really feel like that's who we are. So let's jump into your video. What do you say? Let's do it. Here's Buck McCoy. Right now, his name is Buck McCoy. I've known Buck for several years. He plays at a lot of the honky tonks downtown. He's been a part of a few of the shows that I've hosted here in town. And his video was the first video that I saw that morning. So, Buck, how are you? And kind of give me the backstory. I mean, I, I, I've seen the video, but what was happening that morning? 
I live on the second floor just above the old spaghetti factory. So I look out over Second Avenue and um, like I said, I heard those gunshots. I, uh, I went into my bed and then I heard a second round of gunshots, but I didn't get up because I was tired, you know, and thank God I didn't. But I heard some kind of that voice of something. I couldn't recognize what the person was saying. And later I learned it was the recording that was going on, but it wasn't enough loud enough that I could under, you know, understand what she was saying. And then uh, when the explosion hit, um, I was probably maybe five to six car lengths away from where he parked because he could have parked in front of my place, but there was a car there. So he found a, a, an open space there to park. And then what happened in front of like uh, uh, those other places, like where the liquor store is, is just complete devastation. The buildings will never be able to be recovered because of the, you know, the age and everything. They're not going to be able to, we have to tear those. And those are so historic, you know, they've been around for 150 years. Um, so of course I had to just grab my camera and say, look, this is might be the last things I see. So I just started rolling and what it, it was just crazy. I went downstairs and when I walked down through the lobby, it was a complete the doors, the windows were gone. There was brick, there was wood. I had to climb over stuff to get uh, into the uh, street. And then when I got to the street, that it was a total war zone. There were two cars fully engulfed, trees, debris, smoke, fire, you know, those noises of people screaming and all that stuff that got, I ended up putting on there that uh, uh, showed exactly what the feeling was and i was thinking you know what maybe i'm capturing something that could help in the long run. you know maybe something I, I i tape will be able to be used um this the worst part is the people were coming out and they had shock looks on their faces one lady had her dog and i realized yes i've got to get my cat so i run back in like they say don't ever go back into a burning building but my cat is in there so i go in there and I'm yelling for her and calling her. And I see she jumps over. And at that point, the firemen show up during the stairwell there. And he's yelling at me, get out of here. I said, I've got to get my cat. You get out of here. This place is going to collapse. You've got to run. So that kind of scared me. And uh, I just, you know, in a daze, just walked out. And I was completely drenched from head to toe. Because the real damage came from the water system that, was coming down on my apartment for hours and hours and hours. So everything I own was drenched. The guitars were blown up. The computers were soaked. The clothes were gone. Uh, I, I luckily grabbed my credit card and my ID, you know, and I, cause I, that was right by the door. And I said, you know, uh, looks like I'm not going to be coming back here for uh, uh, anytime soon. So uh, unfortunately, I have not been able to find my cat Molly and um, got, you know, all the things out trying to find her. I had a psychic uh, give me a text today and she says, Buck, your cat is very close. She's under a car. She's okay. She's alive, which made me feel good because yeah. at this point, you know, I'm like, as long as she's alive, because it was so cold that night, you know, and my cat has never been outside. She wouldn't know what outside looks like, you know? So well, I hope hopefully somebody can find her and get her back to you. Um, 
I want to back up a little bit because obviously this was just such an incredible moment. And I know that you were terrified when you came downstairs, but you had the wherewithal to start filming. So you, you've got this video. Um, one question that I have, because I watched your video, immediately I'm like, oh my gosh, I know him and what's going on? Holy cow. And so I watch your video. And when you come out, you hear these people that are obviously screaming. And then at one point you turn and it seemed like there was a secondary explosion. Was that a car? Because I and then I hear you say an expletive, which I would have said, too. Um, so what what was that? Was that a was that a car that had gas? And do you have any idea what that secondary little explosion was? Yeah, that's my that's my guess, because I was filming and I saw the car and it was engulfed and I was turning the camera a little bit, you know, and then that boom hits and I look over and this puff of smoke comes from the top of the car. So it's either a gas or maybe a fuel line or uh, maybe the airbag, uh, you know, has things that make that kind of noise and stuff. But that was a popping sound that was going on quite a bit when I was upstairs filming too. I could hear pop, pop. And, and things, and I was just, I was thinking, you know, is this happening everywhere? Like, is this in New York? Is this 9 11? Is this like, is this happening all over the city, you know? And um, I think, uh, I think that uh, if, uh, if, if that car would have been closer, it could have been burned burn more. It's weird because some cars were just not even uh, uh, completely damaged. The one across the street looked fine, but then the other one was. It was weird. It didn't seem to make any sense. So I'm trying to make sense of it now. I'm looking at the pictures now. Obviously, you're not allowed back in your place. We have no idea what the extent of the damage truly is. How can people help you? And I think that's what, you know, I talked earlier to our friend Betsy Williams that's down there. I just, there's this overwhelming sense of Nashville wants to help. We're the volunteer state for, you know, Tennessee. And that's what we do. So how can people help you? Is there a GoFundMe page that people have set up for you? And, and what do you need right now? Well, yeah, my friends, the birds that live at 505, just about about a mile, half a mile from uh, where I used to live, took me in, you know, got me uh, uh, dry clothes and everything like that. And then she was the one that set up this GoFundMe for go fund me on my Facebook page. Cause I really have never done anything like that. I've never, I don't know how it works, but they, you know, they were willing to help me. And uh, it's really been a blessing. People have been putting stuff in there, you know, Nashville, this is what I love about this town is that when, when things, uh, when you need a helping hand, everybody is there to do it. They're not selfish. And I've gotten calls from so many different musicians, from owners, Rupal Sanderson and his wife, Brenda, who own the clubs down there that I work for. You know, he's like, go over and start buying clothes, Buck, and just put it on my bill. You know, and I was like, thank you, guys, because I really had nothing. I had a shirt and shoes and and uh, um, and also Brad Paisley reached out to me and said, you know, I would like to get you a guitar because I know that you're going to want to go back to work. And I heard all your guitars were broken. So yesterday he calls me and we had a little like a 30 minute chat and he was just you know i just i just love the way uh everybody was looking out for me and so you know the gofundme page and maybe getting brad to give me a guitar which is i mean on thursday i didn't know brad 
Paisley. And then I, now today, after all this thing, I'm sitting there having a conversation with him and he's just, you know, delightful about, you know, how we're talking about music and other things like that. And so it's changed my life. I think like I'm this close to not being here. So it's like, maybe I have a new purpose, you know, maybe I have that song I need to sing or that thing that I need to write or something, you know, that I, I really just, I feel like, it, you know, the world is um, totally brand new to me. And uh, I, I, if I, if I was meant to go, boy, that would have been one heck of a way to go out, you know, just like, but, but I feel like maybe there's a, a reason I, I, I made it through and I survived. It just, I guess it's just one of those things where somebody's just not in their right mind. And by, by thinking that he's warning people to get away from his vehicle, it was almost drawing me to his vehicle because I couldn't understand. So I, I might've been trying to get closer and closer. To what, what are they saying? You know, but I, I know the police were going door to door trying to get people out. They weren't able to get to our place, um, but they put themselves into harm's way. But, you know, it's like the Las Vegas thing. You know, when you're going to a country concert and Jason Aldean's on stage and some some guy decides he's going to take out 50 people and you're just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. I'm like angry. I'm upset. But, you know, I don't think that that's going to help me get past it. You know, it's like uh, um, you have to look at it as there's a purpose for, I think, everything that happens and God is in control. And uh, sometimes he has to shake things up for people to realize, but you know what, the thing that it's done to Nashville is we've gone through the tornado. We've gone through the COVID. We're just starting to get back. We're getting that energy going. And then this happens and it just puts a downer on the whole mood downtown. You know, usually there's bachelorette parties and birthdays and everybody's, you know, new year's is coming. Let's get back into it. You know, we're sick of being cooped up. And then this comes along and it just takes the spirit out. You know, it takes that, you know, everybody's kind of walking around like zombies and uh, that's not what this town is about. You know, there's an energy here that you don't get any other place. And uh, that's why, you know, we, we live here. That's why people move here. That's where, you know, it's the hottest city that everybody wants to come to. But um, I think it's going to take a little while. We will get past it and it will uh, be raging. I think we're sitting on, on a really a gold mine down there in Nashville. I think people are ready to get out when everybody gets vaccinated, everybody, you know, we take care of the older people and make sure that they're taken care of. And then this city's just going to go on fire, you know, and people want to get out. They want to go back to their normal lives. I'm, I don't even want to check from the government anymore. I'm sick. I want to work. You know, I want to play. I want to, I want to be out there. I can't take this any seems cooped up and being afraid all this, you know, it's I'm over it. Yeah, I get it. I get it, friend. Listen, hey, I'm just happy that I get to have this conversation with you. I'm glad that you're okay. I hope that we find Molly. I'm going to put her picture up so that people can keep eyes out for her. Uh, our GoFundMe page for sure. If people are out there and they want to donate, that is a good way to help. And if you need anything, you know where to find us because Nashville's rallying behind you. My vision is I'm just, I'm going to put this into the universe that we have a huge block party when this is said and done and you're the headliner. Oh man, that would be great. I think that, once we get this thing rolling, let's, you know, we'll put the pieces back together the way it was before. And it's even going to be better than it was before, because now we really value, we know what the important 
things are. They're not the triple Z. As a matter of fact, I even called some of the musicians that I'd had little beefs with here and there, you know, and I just said, look, it's, this is this is stupid, you know, and I love you. And and I'm not gonna I'm not afraid to say it, you know. It's like that song I do at the end of my sets, uh, that Tim McGraw, the live like you were dying, because you really don't know. You know, the last thing you think is gonna happen could happen. So just live every single day uh with love and be humble and kind, you know. <laughs> what an excellent interview. Oh, thank you. That's my friend Buck. I mean, it's crazy. I've known him for a long time. He plays at the stage a lot and uh, mm -hmm. he's second fiddle sometimes. And I'm sure people have seen him, you know, downtown. And man, I, I truly, when I flipped over to Facebook and I saw that live video, I'm like, what? Whoa, whoa, wait, I know him. That's, that's, you know, he's been a staple around downtown for a while. Uh, just texted with him actually while we were running that to see if he found Molly his cat. Um, I interviewed him a couple days ago. I think it was, what is today? It blurs day. We don't even know what day it is, but I <laughs> him on Monday and um, he had not been able to go back in. And then when I did talk to him beyond that, he said they're allowing him at first Avenue and Broadway and they were going to escort him around to see if he could find her because she was still missing. So I haven't heard back to see if he's found Molly, but you know, that's one of those things like it's his cat. That's that mm. baby. And she's never been outside. So I'm hoping that she can be found and, you know, he's doing okay. I mean, when you see the fighting spirit of somebody like that, that just lost absolutely everything and went through a war zone and, lived through that to come out on the other side and say, I can't wait for us to rebuild and it's going to be even better. Then it kind of gets you in that spirit of like, yeah, we're fine. We're going to be okay. We're fighters. We're going to do it. Um, and you know, that reminds me, it's a, it's a segue into um, Charlie from miracle one wines, right? I don't where's know how the Charlie? hell at the segue. Where's Charlie? I don't know where he's at. Where's Charlie today. Charlie. If you would like to go to happy hour is in California. <laughs> that's a that's a long haul for a happy hour. <clears throat> yeah, been yeah. It depends yeah. on what part he's in. He's, if he's in Napa, then I think we should all hop on a plane. Yes. Well, not me, but Charlie wanted me to relate to you guys, and I've got it here um, that while he's effectively can't be there, um, he's a native Nashville and went to Vanderbilt University. Um, he hasn't lived here his entire life, but it doesn't take long to know how Nashville reacts to a tragedy. He wants to donate going forward in 2021. It says effective January 1st, 2021, Miracle One Wine Company will donate 10% of all net profits in Tennessee to ongoing efforts to help those people displaced from the bombings in their homes or work workplaces in partnership with Nashville Restaurant Radio as directed. Oh, wow. The support will be ongoing through the end of 2021 or until normal operations return to Second Avenue. I hope for everyone's sake that you get well before the end of this year Charlie, is coming. So that's amazing. 10% of his company's amazing. profits. Well, and you know what's really cool about that? <laughs> and I hadn't thought about it until you just read it, but yeah, okay, everybody's right here at the beginning of this, and everybody's ready to help right now because it just happened. But come May when these people still are not in their buildings because those buildings are not going to be rebuilt for mm -hmm. a long time. 
So what happens May? What happens in June? What happens in July when all of the support has dwindled and people have forgotten about it and they've moved on to the next thing and it isn't top of mind anymore? So the fact that he said, you know, I'm going to help in, through the entire year, that means a lot because he understands the help is going to be needed throughout the year, not just right now. It's a true story. Um, and I, I that's just, that's such a generous, generous thing. And I just, I think about some of these people, it's during these times that you really see, you know, the people that want to help and that, that yeah. really genuinely care. And it's amazing that voting with your, your wallet thing, like when you go out and you order a drink, like it's as simple as I'll have a glass of wine, like what kind of wine? Like, well, if you find out if they have miracle one wines, like yeah. He's going to give 10% of his profits to the people um, from the, from this tragedy. And like, that's, that's, that's just amazing. Like that's, that's putting your money where your mouth is mm -hmm. and, and really helping. So um, I know you can get their wines at Greenhouse Grill. You can get them at L27. You can get them at Mafiosa's um, and more places um, that are going to get growler programs. If you have a tap handle, at your restaurant and you would like to do wine on tap, they're distributed through empire distributors. Um, get a growler, let's build revenue. Get a growler program together, wine is good. You had the wine, is it good? It's good, it's really good. <laughs> it's so funny because there were, he brought me, Charlie brought me uh, three of the different wines and I can't, I brought them home and my husband's like, what are these bottles? What, what and why were they in your car? <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, time out. <laughs> but they were miracle one ones and he gave them to me and they were so good all of them were amazing we did a cook pairing with our friends at christy cookie and it was delicious <laughs> well that is another great company that supports this podcast and this show is the christy cookie company there we're so excited that they are reopened that retail uh, that retail space is reopened and it's huge it's like double the size they're in germantown so if you're on that side of town and you have a sweet tooth and you have that hinkering. Like I have like every nine minutes. I've been eating Reese's peanut butter over here. I got, <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Like with the green, you can see like the, um, there's a, uh, I went to a CVS today and all Christmas candies marked down 75%. It's Reese's. How do you not buy Reese's at 75% off? It's still the same. I don't care if it looks like a Christmas tree. It's fine. It's still the same thing. Those Christmas trees are pretty tasty. I won't allow myself to buy that candy because I will eat all of it. Now, I got to tell you, back up a second, Christy Cookie, we screwed up when we were there. And here's why. Uh -oh. um, I had some dear friends send me a tin of Christy Cookie, Christy Cookie goodies the big one too, like the big oh, one on a tin. And I got it. Must be good like, friends. Woo! Okay. So open it up and it had the cookies on the top. Lifted it up. You know what we didn't eat when we were there, Brandon? White the, chocolate. Bro the brownies. Uh, the brownies. brownies. I ate one of those brownies from the tin. It is so good. It is so good. It's so chocolatey and thick. I have to cut it in half because I can't eat the whole thing because it's just so rich. But I mean, so good and chocolate chips in it and the like I mm, it's it's a good time. And the fact that we didn't do that <laughs> when we were there, I was really upset. I was really upset with us. So, yeah, I'm just putting it out there like brownie lovers. 
Don't don't be fooled. Cookies in the name, but brownies in the game. So you need to go. <laughs> we are. I'm 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 sending the four minute warning right now. Okay. Um, to Mr. Trey Siachi, who is Trey Siacha. I think it's Siacha. Siacha. Who is the uh, chef owner at the farmhouse as well as the Black Rabbit? He's and chef they had Trey. Chef Trey. Chef Trey who's amazing. He's going to come on and talk to us, tell us kind of his story. He's one of those people that I was texting on Christmas morning, checking in on, because I know that the black rabbit is right there and he's got some interesting stuff to talk about. I do want to say that, um, mobile fixture has been another amazing sponsor for the show. They sponsor our local legend segment. Uh, we can bring Trey on as our local legend today. Let's do that. He is a legend. Trey is going to be brought on today as our local legend from mobile fixture. Um, it's not mobile fixture. It's mobile fixture. And uh, Ben Whitlock over there is the guy. It's so funny because we had um, we had a chef on uh, Peter Demas. And he was talking about how all of his restaurants, he works with mobile fixture. And he said, you know, the best thing that I do is I just call Ben when I have a question or I need something. Uh, he's just a wealth of knowledge. And he's the guy that like helps me put together all my kitchens. And I was like, you can't get a better advertisement that Peter Demas, anytime he has a question about his restaurant, he just calls Ben and he gets the answer. Like, that's the kind of resources that help restaurants win. Yeah. Like, like, who do I call? I don't know. Do I call Hiller? Do I call these? No, you call people that know their stuff that are there to partner with you. It's not a one-time sale. These are people that care. And as evident that they're a sponsor of this show, they want to support locally owned and operated restaurants. They want to support this industry. Uh, I know Ben is out of town today. I was going to have him on, come on and talk. I know he's a huge uh, Nashville guy and he just loves everything about the city. So Mobile Fixture, another amazing sponsor. Cytex, we're just going through the list here right now uh, before Trey jumps on. But Cytex is another just outstanding, outstanding company who, um, who, sends out correspondence every single week you need to go and uh follow them on all their social medias they're great cytex corp um if you would like to sign up for an account they're the linen company out there that you will love they're good people and they will take care of you um they're kind of the honest people in the industry which you don't uh i don't i haven't really experienced a lot of when it comes down to uh, honest people in the linen yeah. industry and, and and that's them we found them so we've got some great people that we love talking about. I don't just take on advertisers because, hey, you're giving me money. Like these are people that I use, that I've worked with, that I really will vouch for, um, and I would choose them again. And that's, that's why they. That's why I wanted them to advertise with me. So we have a buddy. I, I can see him making faces in the green room down Is here. Doing, I see him laughing. You can't see him yet. You should we bring him in? Bring him in. Want to make any gestures before I bring you on screen tray? <laughs> All right. There he is. Hey. What's Hi, up? How are you? Oh, doing all right. How about yourself? You know what? We're fine, man. We're we're fine. Both of us are deep in our little cubbies in Franklin. And so we're okay. But we're looking at everything that's been going on downtown. Truly, I know, you know, Brandon said that he was texting with you. You were one of my first people that came to top of mind. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Black Rabbit, you're right there on the fringe. Uh, what what was that like? Where were you when you figured out everything that was going on? It's probably the same place I was. Yeah, waiting for my my kids to uh, <laughs> open up Christmas presents. Uh, my yeah. wife, uh, 
you know, I was uh, very distracted during their uh, Christmas present opening because my phone was exploding uh, with text, and, uh, all these things. And so just trying to figure out where we were and what was going on. And uh, I think it was, I think for anybody's Christmas, um, you know, especially in Nashville, it was definitely not the uh, the wake up or the welcoming we wanted uh, on Christmas morning for sure. So. Mm-mm. So what, uh, once you kind of got through that, what did you, what did you identify? What actually have you, you've been in the restaurant now? Have you got to go see it? Have you been in there? They, uh, they actually allowed us in yesterday. So we got to go in yesterday and kind of, uh, just look over the damage and, uh, see what, uh, what's, uh, what occurred. Um, so yeah, we did a pretty, pretty lengthy walkthrough yesterday, just kind of sweeping things and going back through and keep looking and, you know, we've got cracks in walls and all the doors of our exterior were blown out and, um, it's, you know, a lot of mess, a lot of dust, um, cracked windows. Um, you know, that's what we've seen so far. So, I mean, we, we really didn't get to do a lot of detailed, uh, going through, but, um, just trying to get the building secured and boarded up. So that's the thing, you know, when we were talking about what we could do today with the show, it, it was one of those things where your business is there, but mm-hmm. you can can you open? Can you have people come in? Like, what does that look like for you right now? Uh, so it's, it's day to day right now. Um, I know that um, the, the biggest factor is, is that making sure that all the buildings that were on third Avenue and in that area are boarded up um, just for the safety of, you know, pedestrians or anybody walking by broken glass mm-hmm. out or um, they're still, you know, checking all the structurals um, over there. I know that there's a couple buildings on our on our block that we're connected to that have some structural damage. And I know that they've got some people going through our building to to assess that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're just kind of day to day right now. We thought today after 12, um, but they've extended it till tomorrow. And so uh, right now we're just kind of up in the air. We don't know when um, when when we're going to be allowed to uh, to actually uh, get in there and get back to uh, normal. So you have staff who works at the Black Rabbit. What are they doing now? My staff at the Black Rabbit are amazing. Um, I had a couple of my um, uh, cooks in today and my um, chef there, Kevin, uh, came in today as well as my GM, Tommy. And, you know, we I did the big walkthrough yesterday. So today they're just kind of going in and, and, and just going through all the food and coolers and, and just trying to clean up. I had a, another company come in this morning and clean the restaurant and, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of where we are. I mean, my staff is, you know, we had a fire a month ago. Um, so, you know, <laughs> uh, but my staff was the, the was the machines. They were the ones that came in and, and got us all cleaned up and got us back to normal and back to opening. And we were only shut down for a couple of days for that. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's it's been a hard year for as a business owner, but it's also been a, a very hard year for people that are in this business that work for people like me and, and it's just, um, you know, because there's like right now, there's just a lot of uncertainties. There's a lot mm-hmm. of back and forth and, hey, bud, when are we doing this? Do you know? And it's like, I don't. So how do you how do you remain with a year like 2020 that just keeps punching, man? It's, it's the relentless, relentless battle. How do you remain positive? Are you positive? Like, how do you, how do you keep up everybody around you as a leader right now? I mean, I'm always a positive person, um, but you know, it's just, it's been rough, man. It's uh, this is one of those, you, you know, I'm, I'm always the person that never gives up. I'm never going to give up. And uh, I think my staff knows that. And uh, 
you know, there's a lot of people right now that, that are just, you know, it's like every time you turn around, it's, it's something. If it wasn't, you know, we went from tornado to pandemic to, uh, you know, shutdowns to protests to we had a kitchen fire. And then we're now we're at bombing and just a lot to, you know, it's a lot to take. It's like as soon as you think you're over this hump and we're like, yeah, we're good. And then it's like, oh, wow, that was neat. Uh, <laughs> You know, and and it's just. Um, I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm with you to the point now. <laughs> like delirious, you know, with all this stuff. It's like nothing is surprising to me at at this point. And usually things surprise me. And right now I'm just like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> what do we do? You know. So uh, we I, are asking. Yeah. We're. We're asking people right now for help to support people that are displaced by this thing. We're asking people to go to our Venmo. And we're going to keep this Venmo open for the whole week. I mean, you guys can still just go to it if you're listening to this and it's not live. How can people out there help you right now? How can they help the farmhouse? Do you have a GoFundMe set up? Or can people just come downtown and eat dinner? Is that what we need to do? I think There you go. Right there. Just come and eat. Come support us at the farmhouse right now. I mean, just come eat. I mean, I've been here every day since since the bombing happened, feeding our police department, our fire department every day. Um, you know, I haven't had a we, – we, we tried to open on Sunday. We did a little bit. We got – you know, we got evacuated again on Monday or on Sunday here because there was another package that they had found. And right in the middle of brunch, it's just me and Larry waiting tables. And, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you know, it's um, – but just support us by eating, buy gift cards, um, merchandise, any, uh, merchandise, get to go food. I mean, that's what's really going to help these restaurants downtown right now. I mean, that, that, you know, that are able to be open. I mean, the Black Rabbit, you know, there's nothing we can do right now. You know, we're just in a waiting game. And um, so, you know, we're trying to kind of split time with our guys up there and help them out. And, you know, if, if uh, we need them down here, they come down and help and vice versa. If they need, we do the same thing. So. Oh my goodness. Trey, I remember being in the Black Rabbit and you had some like really special, incredible glasses that you guys found when you were renovating it. Do you, are those okay? Do you know? Actually, we just moved them about uh, right after the fire when we were doing some cleaning. They, they were up top and we were like, I had some of our uh, servers are like, these are the coolest things ever. Can we have one? I was like, look, y'all can have there's a lot of glasses up there that, that, that have been given to us that y'all can have, but these were, these were original um, from the captain's table that used to be in uh, printer's alley. It was actually a gift from my landlord, um, Gary Bowie. And uh, we found them in the basement and they were just these, it was a, it was a Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras celebration at the, at the captain's table, which is, you know, I mean, that's been forever since the captain's table was in um, printer's alley. So yeah, just, um, wow. Full memento. So. I just, I, for some reason that just came top of mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, I remember the glasses and we talked about how incredible they were and they were up there on that very top shelf. So thank goodness they got moved. I know it's, it's just crazy, man. I, I feel for you and thank you for being so optimistic and positive and, you know, we're going to get through it, but boy, I mean, at this point, what did Butch say to us earlier? He's like, my resume is full. Like I've, I've conquered every Thing that you could possibly imagine as far as a crisis is is considered and my resume is now full and i think yours and, is too 
I said the same thing after the fire we had. I was like, okay, cool. Put fire on my resume. Bingo card. I've had floods. I've had, you know, <laughs> coolers go down. I've had, you know. Cut fingers. and Yeah, yeah. And it's like, then this happens. I'm burned. like, oh, let's put this on the resume. Um, <laughs> Suicide bomber. Check. I mean, I mean, just wow, dude. I mean, in this city, I just, it's, um, you know, and the thing that I love about our city that just makes me, it's like, it, immediately it was just, the thing I love about Nashville is like, how do we help? What do we do? Mm -hmm. How do we, you know, I don't, I don't even care to see it down there. I don't want to, I don't, I don't care to see it. Uh, Second Avenue to me was, was, I mean, I'm sure for Brandon as well. I mean, that was the strip when I grew up. That was where we hung Did out. You go cruising? Yeah. Cruising, Mixed Factory, Hurricanes, McFadden's. You McFadden's. Know? Yeah. Oh gosh, McFadden's. Spaghetti Factory, all these places, you know, it was, you know, there's just a lot of memories there. And um, it's just the same thing with the tornado. It was like, you know, I hope that this doesn't change the facade of what, you know, East Nashville is, you know, and, and Donaldson. And, and, and now it's with this. It's like, oh, I hope this doesn't change the facade of what Second Avenue's history is and what it was. I hope it doesn't change. I hope that it's built back uh, just like it was and better, you know, so. Well, you know, I was telling Kelly earlier, I said, if it does change, the one thing that people can't take away from me is that from when I was 15, 16 years old in my 89 Nissan Sentra driving up and down Second Avenue before I was able to buy my piece of crap Jeep that I had, um, <laughs> which I spray painted and still washed it like it's like it looks good. Spray painted. <laughs> I, I was you're 16. You got to do what you got to do. Like nobody can take those memories from either of us like that. Those good times, like those feelings of being in Second Avenue, uh, we were talking about Graham Central Station Graham earlier, Central. you know, and the, the windows on the Cumberland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I used to go to Havana Lounge back before yeah. Buffalo Billiards used to be like the place. Yeah. Buffalo Billiards. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, I have bronchitis. And um, Buffalo Billiards, but you go upstairs and it's Havana Lounge. They have like swing bands playing. They had a big cigar bar. Like I thought I would like get dressed up and we'd go down there and I was like, oh, I'm going to smoke a cigar. I hated cigars, but I'm going to smoke cigars and learn how to swing dance. Like that's just that's what you do when you're 21, you know, like why not? And like those were the best times. And I have that. Nobody's taken that from me. No, I agree. I mean, I don't know how many loops I did around that block, man. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, enough to where the cops are like, dude, you've gone through here like 15 times, man. It's like, ah, oh, just cruising, man. Don't worry about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is this is definitely a suspicious activity in 2020. I agree. <laughs> Man, well, I'm glad you're well. I'm glad everything is is going to be uh, fixable with Black Rabbit. You let us know. We'll come down. I just keep thinking. Look, your place was like a speakeasy, and you got the tunnel to prove it. So, you know, raging 20s, when all of this stuff is over, and we're all vaccinated, and we're ready to party, Black Rabbit's going to be the spot. I hope so. I mean, yeah, let's get vaccinated. Let's get open. Let's get, you know, no. Lord and mercy. I'm just like, you know, it's a chunk of the time. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are struggling, you know, in the restaurant game. It's just, uh, especially downtown, it's very hard and, you know, it's. Well, I was going to say that right now, if you live here and you're watching this or you're listening to this and you're like, where is the farmhouse? I've never eaten at the farmhouse. It is right next to the Bridgestone building. Um, it's right next door to like Etch, if you know where Etch is. 
And if you don't like going downtown because downtown's a shit show and I don't like all of the, the I, I'm one of those people who lives here that goes, I don't ever go downtown. Right now, you need to go downtown. This is the time to go downtown. You want to go have a fantastic meal downtown without all the riffraff and that kind of stuff and support people who are constantly supporting everybody else all the time. Right now is the time to go downtown and spend your money. Go help these people because Mm -hmm. what's going to happen is in six months when you go, oh, man, let's go to the farmhouse and it's not there. Like you need to go right now. This is the time to go support these people like Trey Thank you for coming on the show today, dude. I love you like a brother. Love known you too. a long time. And I just um, thank you for everything that you do. And uh, if you like, if you want to learn more about Trey, Trey, you did a full interview um, with Nash Restaurant Radio back in like April. Uh-huh. Go to com and click the listen tab. Go back. You can listen to Trey and I's full interview. It was a lot of fun. I'd love to do another one here real soon, man. Yeah. Good luck to everybody out there, guys, if you're watching. And just, you know, we'll get through this. We always do. You know, it's just going to be a little longer than uh, what we wanted, but we'll get through it for sure. So, Trey, tell everybody the hours at Farmhouse so they can make reservations and come down and plan for it. All right. So Farmhouse right now is Thursday through Sunday, um, every day from 12 to 9 o'clock. Um, and then on Sunday we do brunch. We have an amazing brunch, man. We do a lot brunch and we're open from 10 to 2 on Sundays right now. Um, we'd love to be open more, but, I mean, just early in the week is just, yeah. 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 So I get it. Yeah. All right. What it is. So. Right. But when the Black Rabbit opens, we're open Tuesday through Saturday. So uh, four to whenever uh, we're told to shut down. So I like it. Yeah. I love it, dude. Thank you so much. Hey, oh, hey, uh, Heath Ballard sent you a question. He wanted to know how is the attitude of your staff? Anyone step up to be the leader that you didn't expect? It's a longer answer as you're saying goodbye, but like I didn't want to leave him hanging. He did ask the question. I mean, my staff has just been. I mean, I don't even know how, how thankful I am to have a staff that's that's literally stuck. I mean, any of these people could have gone and gotten a job in Mountain Juliet or Hendersonville or Gillettsville or Franklin or Brentwood at restaurants that have been pretty much back to normal, you know, for some time now and, and probably made a hell of a lot more money than they could with us. And they've stood true. I mean, they come in every day. They work their tails off. I mean. We've had a lot of, I mean, you know, with, with the Black Rabbit and the fire and everything down there, I mean, our staff really stepped up, man, just coming in, helping us clean, like just, you know, that night staying and trying to, I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing, you know, that knowing that these, these individuals could go make more money and, and, and probably have a better life right now than being downtown all the time and, and dealing with all the, the ruckus that we got going on down here. So I love it. Thank you so much, Trey. Hopefully I answered your question, Heath. Um, go support Trey at the farmhouse. Uh, love you, dude. We'll talk to you later. Have a happy new year. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye, Trey. So Trey uh, Siacha from the farmhouse. Thanks for joining us. Just another reminder, if you're watching right now, please go to Venmo. We're, low, we're raising money right now to help people who've been displaced because of this senseless tragedy on 2nd Avenue. We're trying to raise money to feed people. We're going to take this money. We're going to reinvest it back into restaurants and open tabs to feed people. So we're going to we're going to help these restaurants. Trey very well may be one of those restaurants that uh, we're going to open up a tab to to help him um, support his staff, support him, and then feed as many people as possible 
Um, the next person that we're having on the show today is an amazing uh, young woman who I had the pleasure of interviewing just not too long ago. Uh, she is the bartender extraordinaire. She's over at the beer cellar, was at the beer cellar. I don't know the status of the beer cellar. Sarah Turbot, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Uh, how Hi. are you? <laughs> it was so funny. He goes, hey, I'm going to get Sarah to come on the show. And I'm like, I know Sarah. Sarah and I did cocktails over. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, girl, for starters, tell us what's going on and, and what does it look like at the beer cellar? I thought about that Ooh. place. I mean, it's around the corner. Have you been in it? Do you know what it looks like in there? No, not at all. We're not even able to. Hit, um, we can't have access to it. We can't get close to it. Um, we know the building's still standing, so that's a plus. But um, other than that, we have no idea. Oh, man. So it's, it's a little rough right now. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah. What's the – so I know you're one of those people who – you're everywhere. I mean, you are – like when I think about craft cocktails, professionalism in this industry, in the bar world, like your name just like is synonymous in my brain. <laughs> comes right up. Um what are you hearing from the people? Because you're one of those people who's very well connected. What are you hearing from the community right now? It's um, it's a weird balance between people being really determined to move forward, but also being really tired. You know, Nashville's been hit by, oh my gosh, I mean, you, you, 2020, you can go down a list of things that have happened to the bartending community, and it's been rough. Um, each and every time, though, everyone has stepped up rebuilt, move forward, found ways to open, make money, be creative. Um, this one's a little different. And I know that downtown right now is really hurting. Um, fortunately, some places are still open, but Second Avenue is in rough shape. Yeah. What, what do you feel like people that aren't within that community, what do people on the outside need to do to help? Because I think that that's the, that's the feeling that's so disheartening, Sarah, is all of us want to help. Everybody wants to help. And like after the tornado, yeah, we all went down and we picked up bricks and put them in, you know, we're cleaning yeah. stuff. We could, we could physically do something. And right yeah. now we can't physically do things. So, you know, is it donations? Is it reaching out? What's a way that we can help? First of all, I mean, I completely agree. I would like to get my hands dirty. I'm in the yeah. same mood as you. I want to pick stuff up. I want to put it in a trash bag. I want to clean things, fix things. It's tough. Um, right now, more than anything, while we're figuring out if we can even get back into our buildings ever again, donations help immensely. I know a lot of people are displaced, not just from their jobs, but from their homes as well. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the bartenders live downtown. That's been really difficult. Um, some people have lost everything. So donations help so much. Um, a lot of the individual bars and restaurants have GoFundMe's up mm -hmm. and that goes directly to the staff. That makes an enormous difference. Um, other than that though, showing support, showing love. I mean, if, if you have an opportunity for someone to do temporary work, these are hardworking, really talented, dedicated industry bartenders. Um, I'm one of the newer bartenders at the beer cellar and I've been there for six years. So it's one of those places where people are, People are there. That's their home. But yeah, donations help a lot. That's a that's a really big deal for us. So there's lots of GoFundMe's out there. Um, mm -hmm. And we obviously are helping people right now. One of the things that we are, it, it's just crazy because you look at 2020 and the shutdown that happened in mid-March and then going into 
May when we reopened, they still did not allow people to sit at bars. Right. So bartenders were, it was like, oh, well, restaurants got to reopen. Yeah, at half capacity and nobody got to sit at bars. So if you're a professional bartender, it was like, oh, good, we're reopened. No, you get to work the well and they slap your yeah, hand. Right. Like you can't go do your job. And I mean, for somebody like yourself who waited so long and has been hustling, doing virtual events, like they did with Kelly, mm -hmm. and to get back in your bar now to have something like this, are you doing okay? Um, I'm, I'm as good as I can be. And I'm really fortunate that I still have outlets to be creative. But Kelly, I feel a lot like you. I want to do stuff. And it's a really helpless feeling to not be able to get into my bar. So it's, it's been rough. It's been a rough year. This was just another blow to, you know, add on top of everything. It's been a big challenge for sure. You know, I, I don't know, Sarah, and I, I definitely want to know more about, are there like, is there a loose group of, I know you guys are friends and, and that you work together, but I mean, is there a, a bartenders association? Is there something or, or some group that people that, maybe are newer to town, maybe they haven't been doing it as long as you haven't. And they just, they just want to talk to people. They just want, you know, like-minded people to know what they're going through so they don't feel like they're all by themselves in this. Like what are some of the places that you've been reaching out to and, and talking to people and just kind of feeling like you've got kindred spirits? So Nashville has a really active and really wonderful chapter of the United States Bartenders Guild. Okay. So that is something that if you are, a dedicated bartender or even a server. And at this point, I think we're opening it up to people who just have like a, a strong interest in the bar community. But um, mostly, mostly for I bartenders, um, yeah. you know, it's something that they can join. And we do everything from uh, meetings where we will taste spirits, we'll go to different distilleries, we'll have outings, people get together. A lot of it's been virtual this year, but it's definitely something for people who are interested in the bartending community to be active in. Um, it's been really helpful. That's good. I, I can't imagine a community. Well, I mean, I can. I think chefs are pretty fun people too. But like, you mean I get to go to like do distillery tours <laughs> with a bunch of bartenders? Like, yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, we're a super nerdy bunch, but like, we're a lot of fun. <laughs> I would find an interest in the bar scene. Mm -hmm. That's the best. You know, um, I know that at one point you were doing a lot of really cool uh, crafting cocktails for people and doing cocktail boxes, which yeah. I was just like, this is so brilliant that you would think outside and, and think to do that. Um, is that something that you're still working on? Is that something you're still doing? Yeah. So um, it's been put a little bit on hold just with everything going on. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm still doing that. Um, I'm working on fine-tuning the boxes and kind of giving everything an upgrade. But yeah, absolutely. I'm still designing craft cocktails. I'm doing virtual tastings for people. At this point, just trying to stay creative because I don't get to be behind a bar and I really miss it. I bet. I can understand. Well, I, I made two cocktails, which I never <laughs> do. And they were both delicious because Sarah walked me through it. That was fun. I had a really good time doing that. It was super fun. Well, and I think, you know, people, people miss that. I mean, even just this, just the connection, just talking to another person and, mm -hmm. and feeling like you have some kind of connection and that you get to know other people are there. Like that's, that's yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have New Year's plans, Sarah? Not anymore. <laughs> so let's open that up. If you're out there right now, are you willing to do like virtual cocktail class for New Year's Eve or something like that? Are you available if somebody wants to hire you? Yeah, of course. If you're um, out there right now so and you're like, oh, 
if this somebody needs a bartender for an yeah. event. Oh yeah. Not even virtually like, Hey, can you come I and make cocktails in person and I will make you drinks. <laughs> there it is. Wrong and they'll be good. Yeah, they'll be great. <laughs> so you can see right there on the screen. If you're watching, if you're listening to this as a podcast, her Instagram handle is the at symbol S A A T U U R N like Saturn. <laughs> right. Genius. Probably not how you say it. Right. Uh, we'll go with that. That's good. Saturn. S-A-A-T-U-U-R-N. Hit her up. If you need a bartender, and not just a bartender, like one of the best damn bartenders in the city, professional, will make your guests like the best drinks in the world. She needs something to do. You need, you'd love to be employed <laughs> to doing things. Uh, that would be amazing. I just started thinking, I was like, hey, what if we could get somebody to go, yes, let's do that. You know, what's really cool now is I actually, um, with everyone being out of work, I do have people that can come with me too. So there are plenty of really talented bartenders who are very actively looking to work. So for anyone who does need a bartender, I mean, we're out there. There's, there's quite a few of us now. That's awesome. Well, and I think, you know, here's the thing. It's, it's one thing you can, everybody at home can open a bottle of beer and drink that, that to have a quality, custom cocktail that's created. I mean, that was the thing, like you really just go above and beyond with everything that you've done. And I still dream about the one that you made me with, um, it had the shrub that you'd made oh, and I was just like, Oh my gosh, what is oh. this deliciousness? And I can't ever recreate such a potion, but you are a magician. And I just, I, I, appreciated the fact that I got to drink that because it was amazing. Huh? Well, so, hey, can you leave us with a cocktail, like a, a New Year's cocktail that people can make pretty easy from home? Like something that if you want to look fancy in front of your friends or we're not gathering as friends right now, we're all <laughs> we're not doing that. But like if you were at home making a drink, like what's a recipe, something fun somebody could make that would be really good? Oh, man. Um it's a broad I'm pretty, question. You know, I'm pretty like, boring on New Year's and I usually just drink champagne, but <laughs> there, there it is. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's champagne in a glass drink. But you know what? When I'm feeling fancy and I don't want to get too crazy with my drinks, I'm a Manhattan girl all the way. I think I told mm -hmm. you this last time we were talking, but that yes. is my go-to recipe. Um, I do two ounces of bourbon. My go-to is Angel's Envy. I do an ounce of sweet vermouth. Um, Carpano Antique is my go-to. And then I do a couple dashes of bitters and you can use anything from Angostura to, you know, Jerry Thomas, you can get creative with that, but that doesn't really matter. Stir it, strain it, pour it into a glass with no ice and you're good to go. That's it. Love it. What a classy New Year's cocktail. The classic <laughs> Manhattan. Love it. I like it. So good. I love it. Sarah, thank you. Thank you so much. We're thinking of you and I'm hoping that there are some amazing, amazing things right around the corner for you. Thank you so much. Yes. I, um, I actually have something I want to talk to you about too. So I'm going to contact you later. I got an opportunity That's already. Good. Cool. <laughs> thank you so much, Sarah. Bye guys. Nice to see Bye. you. All right. Bye-bye. She's a, she's like the most lovely person. I tell you, I love her. I could even tell you like the cocktails that she made it just, the shrub was just like, I can't, I can't even put it into words. It was so good. It was sweet well, she, and bitter and all of it. Just, yeah. She went to Mexico and was like in a Patron competition 
And she like won. She was she like was like one of the best four bartenders in the world at making this. And she talked about the shrub that she made. She's like I put these different trees together and I made this little thing and then I put it in this drink and like she was on TV. It was like four people that made it. They got to go to Patron's actual like villa in whatever you know part of Mexico and Jalisco or wherever they do this stuff. She might tell you the story better. She was somebody who did a great interview with Nash Restaurant Radio back yeah. in the day, and she kind of hold on a second. Hey, you're still here, aren't you? Yeah, hi. hi. <laughs> what was the drink you made at that competition? We were talking about the competition. What was that drink you made, the final drink, the Patron competition? Oh, um, it was called a sip for a siesta. And, oh my gosh, let me remember my recipe. I did Patron Reposado, a poblano liqueur, so a little bit spicy, fresh squeezed lime juice. And then I made, um, speaking of shrubs, I did a watermelon, tomato, and honey shrub. And then inside of all of that, so I used like apple cider vinegar, um, pink peppercorn, salt, I think black pepper. Then there's something else. Oh, ancho seeds. So it was, it had a little kick. Ancho seeds, you know. (laughs) But it's, okay, shrubs sound crazy, but they're not difficult to make. They just take time. They what take is time. A sh- a sh- I have shrubs in my front yard. What are you talking about? <laughs> don't don't drink that. Um, it's an infused sipping vinegar. Ah, so basically, okay. you're just taking all the ingredients and flavors that you like, and you are infusing that into vinegar. And then I add a ton of sugar on top, which obviously makes everything better. Uh, so you get this beautiful balance between sweet and tangy. Mm-hmm. Um, what ingredients you use, it could be a little bitter too. But it's complex and it's really fun. And it's one of those things that you can drink on its own if you're not an alcohol drinker, or you can mix it with some booze and you know, some extra stuff on the side and get this really creative and you know complex cocktail. That's what it is right there. That's what it is right there. (laughs) So good. For those of you who think that just making a cocktail, anybody can make a Jack and Coke. Yes. She's at a different, that's a different level, y'all. You guys could totally do this, I promise. So I know, Martha but I couldn't. Martha cocktails. Martha Stewart creativity. cocktails. I love it. All right. Thank you, sir. I just saw you were still there. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to jump in. All right. Thank you again. I'll talk <laughs> to you later. Sarah. Oh, my God. All right. Sorry. I just saw her sitting there in the green room. I think she's like, I'm just going to listen for a minute. And I was like, it oh. was, um, she did like a, it was a black cherry shrub. So it was like cherry sweet, but then also the vinegar, a little tangy. And then we mixed it with some gin and a mint. Oh, it was it was a delight. It was a delight. <laughs> I don't dream about many cocktails, but that one was that one was dreamy. Uh, that one was really dreamy. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I you know what? That was our final interview for the day. Um, I just want to say that uh, this has been a lot of fun. I think that we've been able to have a good time. Um, and I've got people messaging about we just we just got another hundred and fifty dollar donation. Oh, that's um, amazing! From Corey Coleman. Okay. Um, and Corey Coleman is the director of operations for the Corner Pubs. Corey, thank you. Yeah, he is. Um, he's like one of him and his uh, the guy that owns the place, uh, Tabor Lucky, did the show. Uh, a couple months back, and I I just love those guys. They're one of the restaurants I was thinking, like, hey, we've got to support them. They have a brand new restaurant opening next week in Franklin off of uh, Carruthers, I believe, oh. uh, right there in the Cool Springs area. I think it used to be where Dan McGinnis used to be okay, back yeah. there across mm-hmm. from that area. 
brand new corner pub going. I think it opens next week. He's been posting about it. But just a really, really well-run company by local guys that do everything in the world to support the community and run a really good business. Uh, Corey Coleman, the donation. Thank you so much, Corey. That's in the sphere. That's in our sphere of of our rotation of restaurants over here. We go to Corner Pub a lot. We have, oh, we, yeah, we the, hit up Corner Pub a lot. <laughs> we had the, we have, yeah. Kelly and I live like a minute from each other, and we have the Corner Pub in the woods. It was yep. called in the woods. They took that down. It's now just the Corner Pub, and they they have completely renovated the entire Incredible. building. Yeah, looks great. They have a scoreboard, like the like a hockey scoreboard in the middle of the restaurant that's surrounded by T. I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's the coolest cool. thing. It's very, very cool. And you know, they are amazing right now. Um, they're doing curbside. So if you call ahead and order and then pull up, like I've done it more times than I care to count, where I've just called up, drove up handed my credit card through done. They put it in the back. Like the guy even opens my door and puts it in the back seat for me. And I'm like, this is a win. So yeah, it's pretty easy and fantastic. And I know that they're, they're just like everybody else. They're trying to make it all work. So good group of people. Um, One more person, um, Monty Crawford from what chefs want, um, who is an amazing sponsor just texted and um, they're, they're a supporter. He wants to remain anonymous. Um, as far as like amounts <laughs> and stuff, we won't tell them, but, uh, they, uh, absolutely are supporting this, this endeavor and, um, they're, they're an amazing company as well. I mean, you want to talk about a company that's been supporting locally owned and operated restaurants for gosh, over 15 years here in Nashville. I mean, they came on the scene and changed the game for everybody. This that's was awesome. such a cookie cutter you do this, you place your order by three o'clock and you you have minimums and you do this and you do that and you do this and you do that. And they came in and just blew up the entire system and said, why, why do the chefs? It's so funny. Cause when I first started there, I said, can I, cause I worked there in 2005 and I said, can we just treat chefs? I was a, I was a, I was a, a general manager at uh, Amerigo at the time. And I said, can I just treat, if I come to work with you, can I treat chefs? Like I treat my front of the house guests and they said, yes, chefs get treated like redheaded stepchildren. It's terrible. Uh, I don't know if I can say that term, if that's a bad thing. Like they get treated terribly because these chefs, it's you have to place your order by now. We're not going to deliver it between this time and this. You have to be ready. And it's like, why are you being so rude and creating all these rules for chefs? And they kind of said, what do you want? And they're like, we want to be able to order past four o'clock. So what about if you order till like midnight? They're like, Oh my gosh, at the end of the shift, I can order for the next day. Well, how many deliveries can I get? And they were like, why don't you just order every single day? You mean like for a restaurant, I can order what I need for tomorrow, like the end of the day, and I'll get it the next day? That was revolutionary stuff. Really? Oh my gosh, because these, I, mean, these I can do that with shipped right now. So I'm glad that somebody finally figured out that you could do it for the restaurant industry. Well, I mean, the big companies will tell you, you know, hey, we'll give you three deliveries. You know, it costs money to make deliveries and creations like, or, or what chefs want. They said, look, we're next door anyway. Yeah. If you need, if you need three avocados, let me bring them to you. It's much better to have fresh food. That's and awesome. it's, it's kind of like this simple logic that, you know, it doesn't always, it's not always like the cheapest to do that, but the quality is fantastic. And they are, you know, they, they provide the service that you need and, you know, yeah, I, I'd rather pay the price for it. I mean, they're, they're, they're fantastic. I'm not saying that they're expensive. 
because they're uh, they're definitely a good value. But they're um, they're just a great company, and they listen, and uh, and I'm honored to work with them to this day. Another person who's done the show, Monty Crawford's done the show. He did the show back in March. So if you want to hear that episode, go back. I think all of our guests, except for uh, Butch, have been on the show before. Aww. I think that means I need to have Butch on the show, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I think you do. I think you got to talk to Butch. Butch, is he's got amazing ideas. So I'm, I can't wait. I mean, we've been through a lot as a city, and I'm just thankful that we have some really great people that are helping shepherd us through all of this and that have been through a number of crises before. So, you know, now we're getting through it. And, and I really am hopeful about what's to come. I know, I, again, it's like, go in, sit down, keep your eyes closed. Don't do anything. <laughs> 2021, be quiet. But I am, I am hopeful for our city. Maybe I'm like Butch and I'm an eternal optimist, but I feel like there are so many amazing things that are coming. I mean, if you, if you think about all the hurdles that we've had to overcome and how we are still in the catbird seat, we are still an amazing it city that everybody wants to come to and be a part of, even after tornadoes and pandemics and everything else. Like if you took all that away, could you imagine where we would be right now? And I think that that's what we get to look forward to in the coming year. It's like when we kind of get back to what is somewhat normal and the all of this other stuff starts to even out, it's really going to be gangbusters for us in the city. It really is. And um, we need to do our part right now to continue to be Nashville strong and continue to support these people. Um, and not just this week, but next week, in the week after, in the week after, in the month after. Um, and then once we can kind of get this vaccine around and we can get back to a normal that is that is what we are in Nashville, it's going to be great. But hang in there, wear a mask. Um, please go to na at Nashville RR is our Venmo account. We'd love to see any donations that you can possibly do. We're going to put it right back into the industry and feed people yeah. who've been displaced by this terrible tragedy. Um, Kelly? Yes? Do you have any New Year's resolutions? <laughs> no! I'm not even going to tempt fate. Are you kidding me? Uh -uh. <laughs> no, no, how, friend. I, my new year's resolution is just to be as happy and as healthy as I possibly can be for the rest of the year. That's all I want. I just want my family healthy and my friends healthy. And that that's more than I could possibly ask for. That's my new year's wish. I mean, resolutions aside, no, we're no. <laughs> Do you? Well, I'm going to invent a time travel machine. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I didn't know that was on the table. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Wuhan, China. Please. And I'm going to fix 2020. I'm not done with 2020 yet. Okay. Okay. No, I, you know what? I don't. I, um, I, like I said, I'm a, I'm an optimist too. I'm going to continue to put my head down and right. I live one day at a time. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on living in the moment and, um, you know, spend more time with my kids. I would right? say, yes, I would say like, uh, I want to read more. I want to be more <laughs> well-rounded. There you go. I want to pick up piano again. Uh, but those are all lies. So I don't, I don't want to read more. I really don't. You know what I want to do? I want to watch Netflix more because I like <laughs> it. It makes me feel really good. I, I felt bad 
a couple days ago because I, I did a really good stretch of like really working out and got back into it. And, and I feel better when I work out. Like that's part of it. You know, I just yeah. mentally and whatever, I feel better. And I did like this whole hundred days and man, it felt great. And then I kind of dropped off and whatever. We did Disney and, you know, that's a workout within itself. So we just, I just haven't done it. And then I was like, ah, I'm not going to beat myself up. 2020, yeah. I don't need to beat myself up. I'm good, man. I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to find something to binge watch and I'm going to be happy and I'm going to eat food that I buy from my friend's restaurants. <laughs> that's, that's my whole goal. And I'm so you're, you're a Disney person. Have you seen the movie Soul yet? Yes. What did you think? At first, I did not like it when, when I was watching it. And shocker and spoiler alert, he dies. Uh, when that happened, I was like, I can't Disney. You that didn't know that he died. Good. Well, yeah, I figured, but it just, at that the point, movie's called soul. Like, it's about his soul. Right. But you know, whatever. I didn't realize, I don't know. I, I, we had to pause it. We were like, all right, you know, no, no. And I stopped it. And then we went back to it and we started watching it again. And it's, it is a cute movie. It is interesting that Pixar has decided to really like, they're digging in deep now. It's not just talking cowboys and, you know, to infinity and beyond. Like they're asking you what your purpose in life is and your spark that makes you who you are. So it's it's like next level Disney with Pixar right there. So now some yeah. would say some would say talking cowboys was pretty deep. Well, yeah. I, it was towards the end. Like the yeah. last the last Toy Story. Uh no, third Toy Story. Toy Story three. Tearjerker! I cried. It was sad. I cry in them all. Do you? Every every time I watch Toy Story, I lose it. I can't help it. Can it's I tell a you story? That? All of them. This has nothing to do with anything, and I'm sure everybody watching is just. Dumb We've lost it. all the listeners. We're, <laughs> we're but are we still so, here? I don't know. Maybe. Um, <laughs> my daughter was really, you know, kids go through cycles of like what movie they love, and when they fixate on a movie when they're little, like that's the only thing you get to watch for whatever amount of time we went through little mermaid and but we went through a period of time where she was infatuated with toy story that was her favorite 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 movie oh, yeah. and um she was even jesse for for halloween one year so we got all of the toy story figures and i mean all of them jesse and bullseye and all, and we had the ones that talked to each other so like woody would talk to buzz you could pull the string and you know whatever yeah well she, my kid's 11 now she doesn't play with any of those. And so I didn't have the heart to give them away. And so I did exactly what Andy did. And I put them in a bag and they're in a closet upstairs. And I forgot. They come out and play every night. Did you know that? I forgot that they were in the closet upstairs and I moved something and I heard to infinity and beyond. It's still text. And I was like, oh, Buzz, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What have I done to you? I've done exactly what Andy did and put you away. Wow, oh, it's it truly it does kind of mess with you though when you move like a pillow and all of a sudden to infinity and beyond. I'm I so here. Well, we watched Soul last night and I got done with the movie and the kids were I was like, kids, what'd you think? And they were like, No, oh, I don't know. I'm yeah. it's pretty deep for kids. It was a movie, and I was like no way the kids followed that. Like there was a lot going on there. But I, on the other hand, you like it? Am like the weirdest. Like I love motivation and you know, just the idea of 
uh, I use a metaphor. I talk about being memorable, right? And I ask people as a motivational tool at work, like when I'm in the restaurant and I say, how do you think you'd be remembered today if you got hit by a bus on your way home? It's morbid. But like, how would how do you think like your persona, like, what would people say about you? When it, again, it's a deep conversation. But like, it's to reflect like, hey, intentionally, I can either be later, I can do all the things I can do, or I can intentionally want to do the right thing and be, and I, so I use that. So at the end of this, this whole movie, I'm not giving away any spoilers. Um, But it made me think like, you know, what do you, what do you do with your life? And right. how are you memorable? And what are you doing? And do you have to be? And the, I don't know, it just, it made me think about a lot of stuff. So it's a good movie. I highly recommend it. If you're an adult, if you're kids, <laughs> you might have to do yeah. some, exp- there's some explaining to do at the end. There's some parenting going on. I don't know that, uh, I, I think my daughter understood it, but I don't know if she got it. And I'll be honest, I did not love how it ended. I was like, I mean, on my ranking of Disney movies, it's not going to crack the top 10 for me. Okay. That's fair. I think that's fair. That's just. Disney's got a lot of movies. Disney has a lot of movies. A lot of good ones. And I know them all. Yes. So <laughs> there you, you go. There's there's our there's our Cisco and Ebert review. If you want to turn this into a Disney theme podcast at any moment, drop of a hat. I mean, we could change the logo, and I would be right there with you. I just we wouldn't even miss a beat. It'd be fine. You know, I do have another podcast um, that is in the works. Because you, by need the a- way, okay, you need more to do. You do. Um, we have a podcast that's going to be called um, Talk and Shift. And it's going to be on Sunday nights from 9 to 11. And it's going to be a live call-in show where you can come on and we're going to talk about your shift and stuff that happened. Uh, once funny. we get past all of this, and it's going to be hilarious. There you go. I'm going to delete that part of it so nobody takes my idea. That's coming. <laughs> I've already got the logo and the Instagram. Trademark. It's happening. Trademark. 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 You you're, co- you're covered. Thank you, Kelly, uh, for joining me today on this journey. And we ask... We thank all of you for all the people who have donated, for all the people who have listened. Uh, we'd st- we're still taking donations for the rest of the week. In perpetuity. You keep sending money. We will put it in the right places uh, to help support restaurants. Um, thank you to everybody who donated. We're sitting at fourteen fifty. That's awesome. It's pretty That's good. Awesome. Yeah. You know, I had a. I, I, I thought if we hit two thousand dollars, would be amazing. I'd love to get. Another 500, another 1,000, another 2,000. Love to support some restaurants, guys. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. Hope you have a wonderful new year. Hope that uh, we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to say, hey, you know, I'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Thank you to Butch Spirit and Buck McCoy, our friend. I did get a text from him during our show. Still looking for Molly. Sweet Molly the cat. Orange tabby. Downtown. In that area. So if you're around and you see an orange tabby downtown, please let him know. And Trey and Sarah for being on the show. It was really great. Um, also want to say thank you to the fantastic show Connected with Kelly. Connected oh. with Kelly, you can find on YouTube. Yes. And you should you should go search it. Connected with Kelly. It is a weekly show where the lovely host her name is Kelly Sutton. She takes in, she does interviews with the the biggest country stars and people in Nashville that are making it happen and they get connected, they get connected, get connected with Kelly. 
we get connected. Yeah, it was, you know, it's interesting. We've been doing this for a little bit and um, it's kind of incredible just to hear the stories and talk to people. And, it, you know, my whole thing is I've been in town for 20 years and I love these people and I grew up with all these people in the industry. And so now I I do have this amazing connection to them, but I feel like we're all connected. You know, I mean, that that's the thing. And talking to Sarah, it's like we all want to help each other and we all want to be connected. And that's really the premise of the show. And so this week in particular, you know, I had a great interview lined up that we were going to air and, and it'll come out probably Friday with Russell Dickerson. I love him, but I just didn't feel like in my heart that's what I needed to do this week after everything that happened. I, I felt like I just really wanted to talk to people that had been through everything downtown and just let them talk. I mean, I've been in the news business for my entire life and I know you get two minutes to tell a story versus 38 minutes, which is yeah. what I, you know, allowed myself this week. So I just, I wanted to talk to Buck. I wanted to talk to Betsy Williams. I wanted to talk to several other people that I'll hopefully have on in the future that just tell us what's going on down there and how we can help them and and how we can all be connected and be a part of our community. So yeah, it was, this, this was pretty special. I don't know if uh, Russell's going to like that. He's probably not going to love you like he used to. <laughs> I think he will. I, th I think he will. <laughs> See what I did there? I do. All right. Played. Well played. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. Thank you to all the people who have donated. We love you. We will be back next week. Um, all new episode with Amanda Virgilito from Squeaky Wheel. Uh -huh. We are doing a full interview Tuesday. So it'll be out on Tuesday late afternoon and Wednesday next week. And we'll see you on the Music City Roundup. All right. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year.